Welcome to today's Living Word for September 14th, 2023. I'm TJ Gentry. Please join with me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We continue making our way chapter by chapter through 2 Corinthians, coming today to chapter 2, where in verse 1 Paul writes, But I determined this within myself, that I would not come again to you in sorrow. For if I make you sorrowful, then who is he who makes me glad but the one who is made sorrowful by me? And I wrote this very thing to you, lest when I came I should have sorrow over those from whom I ought to have joy, having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment, which was inflicted by the majority, is sufficient for such a man, so that, on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. For to this end I also wrote, that I might put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things. Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit, because I did not find Titus my brother. But taking my leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. And thus far the reading of God's word. In this chapter, Paul is addressing something he had previously spoke to the Corinthians about in 1 Corinthians. You may recall that there was a sin that was left unaddressed in that church, a a sin of sexual immorality, where a man had taken up with his father's wife. And so the sin was grievous. And the church had not disciplined the person. They had not uh, repented over the fact that it was there. They were allowing that sin to permeate like leaven throughout the body and it was causing tremendous problems so Paul gave very specific examples he said to take that person who was unrepentant and he said turn them over to Satan which means to put them out of the church to excommunicate them now of course the goal of excommunication is not the destruction of the sinner not the destruction of the fallen but the restoration 
of the fallen, that the Lord will use whatever means necessary to bring them back to themselves. Well, in this chapter, we see that this person did indeed come to repentance. And so Paul is writing in this chapter to explain to the church at Corinth how they can go about the process of restoration. And he concludes the chapter with this emphasis on how we are led in triumph by Christ through the path that he takes us on. So restoration and triumph, that's the the key idea here in chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians. In verses 1 to 5, Paul makes the point that church conflict is grievous. It had made him sorrowful that the church had to be disciplined and then that they had to finally discipline this brother. It was sorrowful. It's sad. No one likes church conflict. That doesn't mean it should be avoided at all costs. It means that when it happens, there is a real cost, but that cost sometimes has to be paid, but always with the goal to restoration. And Paul wants them to understand that he took no joy in having to speak so directly to them. He took no joy in having to walk through that difficult process. And I can tell you from my own experience, it is no joy of any church leader to walk through a process when a brother or a sister has erred and come to the point that they have to come under some form of discipline. It, it affects everybody, and it's grievous. So, so Paul is making the point again in verses 1 to 5 that church conflict is grievous. That's why he says in verses 6 to 11 that restoration is vital. Paul is telling the Corinthians that, listen, what you've done is enough. The discipline has brought about its desired effect. And so he says you ought to forgive and comfort this person because you don't want the the sorrow of what they've done to swallow them up, as Paul says. So he says reaffirm your love to the person. Forgive the person. Because what happens is when when we don't do that, when we don't see the restoration, if the person is seeking to be made right, to be restored, and there is no restoration, and there is no reaffirmation of love, then Satan gets a hold of not only that person, but the church, and does great harm. And Paul says, we don't want Satan to take advantage of us. We're not ignorant of how he works, and he works through shame and bitterness and unforgiveness. And that's why restoration is vital. And the restoration has to be given and it has to be received. The forgiveness has to be extended and it has to be received. The grace has to be shown and the grace has to be received. And so restoration is vital. And then finally in verses 12 to 17 of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul describes how he was going to Troas He had a great opportunity, but he couldn't find Titus. He was restless, and so he went and went on to Macedonia. And then he describes that however he's being led, he is being led in triumph in Christ, which means for us, no matter where our path winds as we live out our life as a church, whether we're having to deal with an erring Uh, brother or sister, whether we're seeking to bring about restoration and not allow Satan to bring further destruction, whether we think we're going to minister in one place and we get directed to another, God is leading us in triumph. Our triumph is in Christ. Our victory is in Christ. And everywhere we go, God 
receives the fragrance of Christ from us. And saved people, they see it and they rejoice. And those who are not saved, they they hear and they see and they sense the presence of Christians being led by God. And it reminds them of their judgment. But the goal of being reminded of their judgment is that they would come to repentance. That's why Paul says to some were the aroma of life and others were the aroma of death. And he he admits, and rightly so, who is it that's sufficient for these things? We are not in and of ourselves up to what God calls us to. But God is working in us. And that's why Paul says, I'm not peddling the word of God. I'm not doing my ministry out of insincerity. I'm speaking in the sight of God in Christ. And all of us should take that same attitude. We are triumphing in Christ, and we do what God calls us to do because God calls us to do it and we understand that what we speak and what we act out it's in the sight of God it's in the hearing of God and so again in this second chapter of 2 Corinthians Paul's talking about restoration and triumph verses 1 to 5 church conflict is grievous verses 6 to 11 restoration is vital and then finally verses 12 to 17 our triumph is in Christ. Amen.